Hello and welcome to another episode of Adam for Baseball. This is um, a little weird. I'm recording on a Monday and that's because I just got done with my finals. So I actually didn't get my episode out on Sunday like I always do. So this is new. I apologize for that, but I don't know. Uh, I'm feeling really good, obviously, (laughs) but uh, baseball has been very strange. I think I'm going to say that every week because this has felt like one of the strangest seasons that I can ever recall. When you look at who's playing well right now, we had touched on this a little before, like the top teams right now in the league, kind of what they're up to. It's it's really phenomenal. Um, and it hasn't felt like a fluke, right? So... I think you can argue that Pittsburgh feels a little bit like a fluke, but that NL Central's not super strong. I think the team that could emerge as the best team in that division is the Chicago Cubs. I think the Chicago Cubs have what it takes to be the best team in the National League Central if if Milwaukee doesn't run away eventually because they've shown good streaks. I think the Cubs, though, when you watch the Cubs and Brewers head-to-head, I feel like the Cubs just have a little bit more of an advantage. I I don't know exactly why. It's more of a feel. Um, We look at who's been kind of heating up lately. Tampa Bay's been back back on it. They just never quit. Boston's been playing well. Uh, Even Detroit, the Detroit Tigers, um, their uh, five-game winning streak just got snapped yesterday, I believe. Uh, the Braves have been playing better, but they haven't necessarily been the team that they can be because they're playing really good on the road, like 15-3 and three on the road. They're almost 500 at home. They're, very, they're traditionally a very good home team. So when you see stuff like that, I always think, especially once things warm up, they will be a very good home team again. And then if they continue to play well on the road, that means they're one of the best teams in the majors. Okay. The Dodgers are starting to play like the Dodgers. A little more consistent. Mookie Betts had a big home run in that game last night against the Padres. Wow, that was... He was like 0 for 10 in the series. Then he came up and hit that home run off of Josh Hader. What an at-bat. That's that's one of those your eyeballs are open wide because you're like this that's big time at bat right there because you can imagine next time up Josh Hader is gonna blow Mookie away with three straight sliders or something like that. <laughs> Hader's been very good, very good, a little bit better than I thought he was gonna be, honestly. Um. I'm not going to really touch on injury stuff. That gets to be so convoluted. Um, I, I want to maybe touch on it here coming up because I think there's some big potential healthy players coming back. I know there's some this week too, but this is um, – it's a weird spot right now. And you're seeing like guys like Tyler Malley that potentially could be out for the season, but right now are just being dubbed out for a few months, right? Um. What I want to talk about, though, is something I like to do, right? So we're just going to kind of go, and I know other people do as well. So this is when I'm trying to look for opportunity 
or look for um, players I think are being underutilized, stuff like that. I go to, we'll, we'll just use Yahoo, okay? I'm on Yahoo Fantasy. I'm in my league. Um, by the way, I, I do want to brag on myself right now. I have not lost a week in either of my Yahoo leagues. I have tied a few times in one, and that's why I'm second place in one and first place in the other. The second place league is where I've tied a couple weeks. Um, feeling good. Um, eating good in the neighborhood. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to the players tab. Okay. And we're going to switch the status from all available players to all players. And I just, right now we're going to do batters. And then instead of season totals, I want the last 14 days. Now there are actually some very fun stats that they have. If you start breaking things down, they do advanced and all that stuff. You can really get deep, but right now all we're going to do is just do last 14 days total. And we're going to look at kind of, it's going to show us current rankings for that stretch. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to give you one guess if you don't know who the best player in the last 14 days is fantasy-wise in Major League Baseball on the offensive side of the field. All right? You have your guesses in? It's Brent Rooker. Whoo! This one is exciting because I like Brent, okay? Also, he's a Minnesota twin, so it hurts a little bit just because you're like, well, well why aren't the twins, why, aren't, why didn't they let him play for them? <laughs> this is his stats the last 14 days. A 319 average, so that's good. I mean, there's guys that are hitting better than that average-wise, but this is where it's really impressive. Everything else, he's pretty much just the best right now. 11 runs, 6 home runs, 15 RBIs. And you wouldn't know it by looking at him, but he got a stolen base as well. You can't ask for more. You can't. I, I, you can. But boy, are you being greedy. He is, he is the number one ranked player right now in offense in the last 14 days. Now, then I take that, and we're going to go and look at his ranking for the season. Because this is a guy that hasn't played, you know, he hasn't played all year. Um, I don't think heavily. I don't think right away, right? So let's see. By the way, I want to say um, preseason ranking for Brent Rooker was 1,829. This is what I'm talking about. If you aren't watching the waiver wire, you're missing out on right now the best player offensively in fantasy. That's on you if you're not looking at that stuff. And it doesn't mean he's going to be the best player all year. It just does not mean that because I think the number one guy is Acuna. I'm going to find out right now. So we're going to go to season total, right? And it is Acuna, yeah. But I tell you what, it also... <laughs> The number six player is Jorge Mateo. He was a guy that I had on a lot of watch lists. <clears throat> and the reason I didn't bite on Jorge Mateo is because he struck out a lot. And I was worried that it just, he wouldn't get on base enough. But boy, has he proven me wrong. And he's not even playing every day, y'all. When you look at the, like, 
He doesn't even have 100 at-bats yet this year. He has 92 at-bats, but guess what he has? 28 hits, 24 runs, 6 homers, 19 RBIs, and 12 stolen bases. And he's batting at a nice little 304. And he's doing that all for the great team, the Baltimore Orioles. You want to know who else is a surprise to me? Nico Horner. He's in the he's in the top 20, number 19. He's been a nice pickup. That is, I'm going to right now, I don't know if you want me to say your name. I can remove the episode if you don't want me to say it. My buddy Ruskin was in on Nico Horner before the season started. So I want to make that clear. A little shout out to my buddy. Brent Rooker's 26th overall. That's how good he's just been. He has 10 home runs. You know who else has 10 home runs? Matt Olson. Where did you draft Matt Olson, right? Where did you draft Brent Rooker? You didn't. I didn't. None of us did. I'm, I just love looking at this stuff and seeing where guys are landing a little over a month into a season. Actually, we're probably about six weeks in, right? So right now, if I go to matchups, it's going to say, what, week six. Yeah, so we're on the week six. Uh, we know that first week's a little longer, but... You know, we're we're at a point where it's getting really interesting and you got to really start being like, so guys, like, hmm, what's an example I want to give you? Let's go all players again. Season total. And then we're going to go, I wonder if there's a way to go. I wanted to kind of, let's go 14 days. Actually, I'm sorry, 14 days. And then we're going to do standard deviation, okay? And this is an interesting one. <clears throat> but it's one to kind of keep an eye on because it like can sort through some stuff. And it maybe it's not going to mean much. But this is where you can find the guys that that it's real, um, and this is where Rooker falls off a little bit. And I don't think that's any, you know, don't, don't, don't take my word on this. But the number one player, if we're looking at that, is Masataka Yoshida. Okay. If you last 14 days standard deviation and you, and you have that sorted properly, you're going to see that. Masataka for when it comes to the hitting part of things. When we go to total standard deviation, that's where Brent Rooker's number one, right? Now, you're sitting there wondering, well, who's number two? I don't know if you'd believe it if I told you. And that is Mr. Estuary Ruiz. A guy who's hitting 273, 16 runs, zero homers, 16 RBIs, 16 stolen bases. That's incredible. Now, if you all, so this is a thing that I've talked about in the past, even if it's just with friends, maybe I haven't talked about it on here. But what he is doing is what you want. If I got a guy hitting 16 stolen base, or I'm sorry, that has stolen 16 bags, I don't care about his home runs. Unless I drafted him, you know, in the first five rounds, then I care. Right, I drafted Corbin Carroll because I knew he could hit home runs as well. Did I draft him in the first five rounds? No, but 
I drafted him in the seventh round. That's pretty close to that. Guys like Ronald Acuna, that's why they're like one of the best players in Major League Baseball is because they do all of it, right? They do all of the stuff that you'd want. And and that's why, you know, that's why Acuna is so so special. And that's why you just hope he can stay healthy. Now, when you get a guy like Estuary Ruiz, though, that is <laughs> also scoring runs, also driving in runs, and hitting all right, then I don't know exactly what you want. Especially if you're, so if you know that's, you're like, boy, I'm only losing on stolen bases by like one every week. Because we were told kind of going into this season by Major League Baseball and how they're touting everything, that we we're going to see more steals this year. And I think we have. Like a guy like Brent Rooker getting a stolen base tells you a little bit about that. A guy like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. with one stolen base kind of tells you a little bit of that. Also, that's a guy, I want to tell you right now, 56% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He's been hitting really well, and he's on a team that's going to continue to hit really well this year. And they got another guy there that's not getting rostered because he doesn't play every day, but uh, Geraldo Perdomo, he's a really interesting play. Um, There is still opportunity out there. There usually always is if you're in a 12-team league, right? If you get to 16, I still believe there's opportunity out there, but it's not going to be season-long opportunity as reliably. It's going to be, what do I mean by that? You're going to have, um, in in a 16-team league, you're going to get guys off the bench that the only way that it's reliable maybe is a guy that's going to get to play that we didn't see playing because of someone else's injury, right? So let's say, um, let's say, well, I need a good example here. Let's say someone like, um, Ronald Acuna. Let's say Ronald Acuna gets hurt. What do they do? Well, that's kind of how we found out about a few special players for the Braves back when Acuna did get hurt. So who would the Braves bring up in that situation? That's what you kind of got to be looking for. And is it someone who's going to play, get those reps every day? And that all depends on how they're going to play out the gate and how the Braves are going to handle things. Right now, the Twins have Alex Kirilov up, and they drop brought Trevor Larnack back down to AAA. People had Trevor Larnack rostered, and Trevor just, I'll be honest, he was not hitting the ball as well as he, he could be. I think Rocco said the same thing. I don't think he was disappointed, but it's one of those deals where you wonder why he's not. I think... Um, um, you're seeing that like the, that's the weird thing about Jordan Walker with um, with the the Cardinals, right? He was hitting like in two seventies when they dropped him, um, you know, down to the minors, and they have too many outfielders, right? So they're struggling so much as a team right now that it's going to be interesting to see what the Cardinals do. They're not dumb as an organization. So I know I'm kind of bouncing on topics here, but this is still, I promise you, it's the same point of opportunity. The Cardinals are 11 and 24, six weeks into the year. That is a 0.314% uh, 
you know, so a 30, just above 31% win percentage, right? Come June 31st, or I'm sorry, July 31st, if they're still not above 400 or even 440 for that winning percentage, then they're going to move guys to make room for guys that they see in their future coming up. So who who would they move? I think they'd move someone like a Tommy Edmond. I think they would move someone like a um, Dylan Carlson maybe. Because um, you have too many. Jordan Walker should be up. He's having the issue that they ultimately think um, a guy like Masataka Yoshida is having where they know he can drive the ball, but he needs to get a little more launch angle. They worked on Masataka's swing, got him to where he needs to be. Now he has, what, is it a 16-game hitting streak? Jordan Walker was actually getting on base, and part of it is because he's just a freak athlete. That's a big man who can fly, and he can hit the ball very, very hard. If you have him... Do not give up on him. If someone wants to give up on him in your league, find that person. If you're in a dynasty league and someone's like maybe starting to talk, throw a feeler their way. You don't ever have to make that public. Just reach out to that person and be like, hey, uh, so Jordan Walker, what would you need for him right now? I just want, I. you don't even have to say, I'm looking for, I think he's going to be a stud. Do, do not sell that way, right? Be like, I'm looking for depth. I just, you, you could even say, and you want it to be true. You don't want to sit there and lie. Lying's stupid, but you just say, like for me personally, my dynasty league, I need outfielder depth. And that's what I would say. I'd be like, I really need help at outfielder. You know, training at Mancini's not a long-term option for me. Um, so you, you, you kind of wrap it up that way. There are guys out there. Do not give up on them. I'm going to say it every week. And you're probably going to get tired of it. And you'd be like, I don't know why I listened to this fool. Now, one thing that I want to get back to is opportunity, right? And reliability. And so, ultimately in dynasties, even in even in these 12-team leagues, even in, you know, let's say, I was talking about 16 teams, but 12-team leagues... This is why I was talking about having a flex guy, someone that you can always drop. Because what you're going to want to do going forward here, if if this is something that you're interested in, something I like to do is run a couple guys during a hot streak. Look for it, right? So guys that you know are, are pretty good players, and you can see signs of what means a hot streak for them. When I see a guy like... Um, Who's a good example? Uh, Adolis Garcia. Let's say he goes on an 0 for 25, 2 for 25, something like that. No homers, just singles, weak contact. Then, And this goes back to watching baseball and making sure you know what the product on the field is doing. When you start to see Adolis drive the ball the opposite field, when you see him hit it right up the middle hard, even if it's getting caught, hitting that ball hard but not pulling it. Right, that's that's a big sign for a lot of a lot of guys like an Adelise Garcia. Uh, 
you can, and I'm not saying that Adelise Garcia is going to be available, right? He's probably not going to be available in your league. But someone like that that's not rostered, you like, oh, oh, they're starting to heat up. You pick them up, drop your your interchangeable player that's not important, and you ride that hot streak. I did that with um, um, I was doing that with Lourdes Guriel. Now I pivoted off of him to Kirloff, and I might have pivoted off of Guriel Jr. too fast. And this is one of those deals then where right now you can still find guys. In Guriel, you look at his overall numbers, you're like, why did you drop him? I don't know. No one else has him on their team. So obviously outfield, it tells you outfield's a little strong right now. And we're seeing on so many runs. And it, it's actually really annoying. So like that's that's a big reason I'm not playing DraftKings right now is it's too many big run games. Like, let's go to yesterday, Sunday, May 7th, okay? One, two, three, four, five. Five teams had over 10 runs yesterday, okay? The Rangers had 16. The White Sox had 17. Cardinals had 12. They finally beat the Tigers yesterday. By the way, Cardinals were at home. Uh, Rockies had 13 against the Mets in New York. Blue Jays had 10, beat Pirates 10 to 1. Um, you say Kukuchi, 5 and 0, by the way. Cal Quantrill pitched six innings of no hit ball, gave up a hit, I believe, in the seventh to Kirilov, the only hit of the day for the Twins. So. When you have that many teams hitting that many run or getting that many runs, it's just too difficult. It's too difficult to, for me anyway. I'm not saying it's difficult for everybody, but it's difficult for me to sit there and be like, yeah, I, I can reliably pick the right stacks. Um, Ryan Yarbrough uh, got a win yesterday, by the way, for the Kansas City Royals. I think he could finally be healthy, but I'm going to hold my breath. Um, he went five and two thirds yesterday against Oakland, so I'm not taking too much of that down. Um, but Oakland has shown signs of hitting. They're eight and twenty-seven right now, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like the worst team in baseball, right? They're putting out the worst product. Well, the Royals are nine and twenty-six, and they have a lot of good players. So you tell me, you tell me what's more embarrassing? I guess that's crazy to me. I feel for the Kansas City fans right now because that is silly. That's a, a pretty good team that's playing really poopy. Um, now, going into this week, I'm looking at matchups too, right? So, I had a weird end of the week where I needed to just – I knew I had basically all the offensive stats except stolen bases secured. I had one – um, secured for pitching, and I knew I could maybe get one of the pitching stats to my side, to my favor, um, Sunday, you know. And so I kind of planned for it. You got to have to, you have to see that stuff going into the weekend. 
So these first series kind of are weird because you know there's going to be typically a day off for a lot of your players and sometimes two because they might have a Monday and a Thursday depending on how the travel's going for the team. Uh, keep an eye on that, right? So right now, for example, the Twins are traveling back home. They're going to host the San Diego Padres and the Chicago Cubs this week at Target Field. Those are weird series. There's not a lot of track record there for us to know what those games are going to be like. We can just go off of how those teams have been playing. And uh, I can tell you right now, the Twins have not been hitting the ball well. So if that means anything to you, if you have any pictures from the Padres or the Cubs, either they're going to do really well against the Twins or you could see that unfortunate thing where they start hitting once they get home. So these are things you have to be thinking about as the week's going on and then have it planned for the weekend of how you're going to win the stats that are going to be up for grabs, okay? Um, I wanted to circle around back to... Um, pitchers that have been playing well in the last 14 days we started talking about hitters that were doing that and we saw that brent rooker was the number one in that uh that realm right so we're gonna go to pitchers right okay i'm doing that same thing going to players on yahoo going to all players not all available all players all pitchers last 14 days total and then we're going to filter and the highest rated ranked pitcher right now i'm gonna let you think about this throw your guesses out there nathan eovaldi very 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 interesting two wins in 23 innings 20 strikeouts 1.17 era and a .74 whip for those Texas Rangers. He's rostered in 75% of leagues, so you're probably not going to be able to get your hands on him, right? Probably in your league, if you're in a competitive league, he's he's just probably not available. Or right now, people are making a bid to get him because he pitched on the 6th against the Angels. He'll be available on the 11th, so he'll have you know only one start this week, right? But he has, uh, he almost threw another shutout, which is wild. He went eight innings. So he had pitched nine innings against the Yankees, shut them out. And then he pitched eight innings against the Angels. Almost, if you got, could have gotten one more inning, that's a shutout, right? Uh, the next best starter in that stretch, I'm not going to go relief pitcher. The next best starter in that stretch is uh, Spencer Strider. After him, Eduardo Rodriguez. And after that, this is where it gets interesting. This is the... I didn't see this coming. Um, Bryce Miller for the Seattle Mariners. He's only rostered in 62% of leagues. Now, this is a guy that maybe is available in your league if you got a lot of teams sleeping and then you have other teams that just like, I, I, I don't know who I dropped for him, right? Bryce Miller. Who I did not. Who Someone to look at. Now, who, who could we pick up from any of these starters? Hmm. The next best starter that's actually available in my league on these rankings the last 14 days would be Austin Gomber. 
Um, after that would be Mike, no, that's a relief pitcher, would be Nick Martinez. But Nick Martinez, I think, is in relief duty. Yep, he's in relief duty. So, um, yeah. Not a lot of guys like the because right now. So let's now. Here's one, another thing I want to talk about with pitchers because this is, I found this fascinating. Let's go all available players, all starting pitchers, right? Season total. What's available in my league? And we're gonna go. We're gonna just go uh, innings pitched, right? And the ERAs and whips you're seeing from guys are very bloated. It is very high. And this is where you have to do research because there are good pitchers in there, but you have to be digging. You have to be looking. Like, there's some guys there that I think are going to be very good this year, but I don't know. It doesn't look like it when you look at these numbers. This is what I'm talking about with the runs that are coming through. And it's going to get warmer, and it's the ball's going to fly even more in stadiums. I don't know if it's the pitch clock or what, but something's different. Something strange in the neighborhood. So, I don't know what to tell you. This It's a very bizarre thing to try to sort through because you're like, that's why guys, like, if they go on a run at all, they're getting picked up and people are dropping starters. And there are quality starters out there right now. I promise in your league, if you're a 12-team league, there's guys, like, that are 20% owned, owned in the teens right around there. And if you're willing to be patient, you don't even have to start them, right? So this is another thing to remember. If there's a guy that you think is worth picking up, Pick him up and stash him. You don't have to start him every game. Start him in the in the favorable matches, right? So have a guy maybe you can do that with where you can be selective, but you're like, I just know they could go on a run. They're on a good team. They can win ball games. They can get my ratios better. Also, find guys that even though they have a high ERA, they have a low whip, right? You're like, boy, they got a – like, for example here, I got – um. Okay, I don't even want to say that name right now. Um. Okay, here's a good one. Tanner Houck, five point two six ERA, WHIP of one point three three. That's not bad. Okay, that's not bad at all. The ERA scares you a little bit, but if your ERAs got crushed for some reason, then just um just try to beat someone. You know, and you can. You're like, oh, I don't, you know, if Tanner Houck gives up runs, I'll start, you know, I, I don't care if he gives up runs as long as his walks and hits per innings pitched are down. You can, uh, these are things that you can kind of decide for yourself, right? So, like, I have, who do I have as an example here? It's like a really good pitcher I have is Zach, uh, Zach Gallon. He's a 2.53 ERA, 0.84 whip. These are, if you're looking for elite stats and you want to be able to compare, that's what we're looking at, right? Joe Ryan, 2.45 ERA, 0.84 whip. Julio Urias, who's had an okay start last night against the Padres, didn't strike out a lot of guys. 
He's still, despite having some tough starts, he's 3.77 ERA, 1.17 whip. Do I have any guys that have a high ERA, low whip? Um, oh, this isn't a bad uh, example. Logan Gilbert, 4.01 ERA, 1.07 whip. There's guys you just know that they had a couple games where maybe they're giving up home runs. And a home run, is when it comes to whip, is just a hit. That's just one hit. Okay? So that is weighted a little differently than, like, let's say Logan goes out there, gives up a home run, and then gets the next three batters out. That means for that inning, he has a 1.00 whip. But he gave up a run, so in that inning he has a point, he has a nine point zero zero ERA. That's where these these stats sometimes we don't look at them maybe in the proper way when we're trying to see through the tough stuff because we know some. I was just talking about how teams are scoring runs. So there's pitchers out there that are good, and even though they have big ERAs, maybe their WHIP is showing things that are a little bit more true about the pitcher, right? So. One thing that we talk about in fantasy is there are pitchers that are real-life good pitchers, but fantasy-wise, they're not a great pitcher. But in real life, they're, they're a pretty solid pitcher for their team and is going to get their team, team wins more often than not, right? Um, I'm not going to go on much more here. This is just I'm, – I'm pretty much wrapping up. Um, like I said, I uh, had kind of just a busy week. Finals wrapped up today. So I just wanted to get on here, kind of ramble about some stuff, give you some impressions, some things that I do to assess um, where there's opportunity right now. And also understand who's playing well. So like, last thing we're going to do here. In the league I'm in with my buddy, we are, it's a pretty tough league. So I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to go back to all players, all batters, last 14 days total filter. And the guy I'm facing this week, I believe, am I facing him this week or did I face him last week? Did I face him last week? Goodness, now I'm all on the... I faced him last week. He has... The two top hitters the past 14 days, but I still beat him um, on every offensive stat except for stolen bases. So I always kind of look into that. So what does that tell me? Well, this guy now is over he he's overall fifth. He's got a 20, he's 25, 23, and then two ties. What I'm looking at then is, okay, are they looking to move anybody? There's opportunity when you see guys like have players play well, but they still can't do something offensively. That means there's opportunity maybe to get one of their players away that maybe hasn't has underachieved something like that. So if I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this guy's uh, team right now. Okay. I'm going to look at uh, 2023 season stats and see who's really underachieving on his team. Um, well, he has a guy right now in that's an opportunity player. So he has Ezekiel Duran in, and I believe Duran's filling in for Corey Seager right now. And he's been playing really well this year. 
And he could actually end up keeping a spot even when Seager comes back. He's not going to – I mean, Seager's going to play every day, but just about. But um, he has someone like – oh, Jazz Chisholm. 222 average, 11 runs, 5 homers, 14 RBIs, 11 stolen bases. Yes, good across the board. But guess what we were talking about earlier? We were talking about the gentleman from the A's who has 16 runs, 16 RBIs, 16 stolen bases, and he's batting 273. Jazz Chisholm has lower stats than him in all those except for homers. He has five homers. Is that enough to make Jazz Chisholm worth it right now? The answer is no. That's not good enough, right? So... Guy like Jazz, dual eligibility, position eligibility, second base, outfield. He's probably not happy with the results. I'm looking at his, his roster right now, and it's it's he's going to be hurting season long on this this team. He doesn't have a lot of um, long term success, but he has a very good um, pitching staff. That's where he's really got got the goods. But he's going to always be hurting on pitching, or I mean on, on hitting. I think most of the year. So this is where you maybe try to leverage your need for pitching, his need for hit. You leverage his need for hitting into maybe your need for pitching and not letting him know that necessarily. Let him figure that out for themselves. There's opportunity here. I would try to get away some of these guys. I would try to get someone away from this squad that I need if I needed hitting. Or, I mean, if I needed uh, a pitching, I mean. Because he's got he's got a... An embarrassment of riches, if you will. And uh, some of these guys, though, are basically pitching above their weight class, in my opinion. So I would be wary of that. I'd try to take away a good pitcher and then give up a hitter that I think is just maybe a guy I want to sell high on and might not be season-long that great, but maybe that guy doesn't care because he needs help now to right the ship, right? Because he's playing guys that are kind of like that already, that are just a flash-in-the-pan type player. So uh, that's kind of my thing to keep an eye on. Um, Detroit Tigers knocked out Tanner Bibby after three and two-thirds innings. It's a bad sign for the young stud for the Cleveland Guardians. Um, Tigers showing signs of life. That is the big takeaway there. The Tigers are a better team than what we were seeing early on. They, they're, um, let's see, Javier Baez. I want to see Javi how he's playing. He's two fifty nine average, fourteen runs, three home runs. 14 runs, 3 home runs, 15 RBIs, 2 stolen bases. If he can heat up, he could be a good player for them, but I'm not – he's he's um, 60% rostered. He's available in my league, actually. But I just don't have a need for – because he's just shortstop, right? And I don't know. That's the problem with Javi is there's better players than him. His overall ranking right now is 311. Uh, he's the 21st. Best shortstop right now, and that is not good enough usually in a 12-team league to go get unless you really need some depth and you messed up on shortstop when you were drafting and putting your team together as the season has gone on. So um, 
yeah, I think that's all I got for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, if you have any questions, any comments, please reach out to me for real. Um, Adam for baseball. That's on Twitter. Okay. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and give me a five-star rating on Apple podcasts. I don't know if, um, Spotify allows you to uh, rate it yet, but, um, I think once I'm out long enough, then it'll let me have a ranking. I think, I think possibly it started, but I'm not sure. Um, I know we just got a little small community here to listens and have some fun with this. Hope you learn something. And I know that I'm learning something just from doing this. So um, if anything, it's helped me. So selfish, selfish Adam. All right. Have a great week. God bless you.